Today on the Show Means 2 podcast, Dr. Susan Pendergrass is joined by Stan Schaun. Stan is the CEO of Rankin Technical College in St. Louis, Missouri. They discuss workforce development, why it's critical for Missouri's future, and the current state of technical education in America. For more Show Me Institute podcasts, visit SoundCloud at SoundCloud slash Show Me Institute and subscribe on Apple Podcast. Here's Dr. Susan Pendergrass and Stan Schaun. So this is exciting. This morning, I get to talk to the CEO of Rankin Technical College in St. Louis, Stan Schaun. And gosh, Stan, if I had a nickel for every time I heard the word workforce development, I feel like everyone tosses that around, including many, many governors and our governors. And I don't even... I'm of the opinion, having followed this for a while, that most people don't even know what it is they're saying when they say that term. What do you think? Uh, I, I think it's overused. I, I think it's a good crutch. It's a good uh, talking point. It's it's something that a politician can say, and regardless of which side of the fence you're on, everybody's going to join in because That's right. it's the future. I mean, it's, it's absolutely the future of this nation, whether anybody believes it or not. Right. But then I look at the numbers in Missouri and... You know, Show Me too. we talk a lot about this um, industry-recognized credential number, which is, for listeners who don't know, it's like if you want to become ultimately a nurse, you can start by becoming a certified nursing assistant and get your CNA certificate, and that's given by the medical, the healthcare industry, not by a school system. Or you could get the automotive service excellence um, credential, and that's an industry-recognized certificate or credential. And... Missouri, we're like we have tons of students in career and technical education, but we don't have very many getting these IRCs, and I think that's a problem. Don't you think? Well, I, I will tell you, uh, contrary to popular belief, and, and believe me, the baby boomers are the one that have spread the rumor. The number one hiring credential isn't necessarily a degree or a diploma; it is literally a skill or a competency. And the industries have known and done that for years. And as you said. You know, whether it's ASE, whether it's AWS, whether it's NIM, Cisco, Microsoft, those are the things that would get you a job. I will take a, a, a student that's got five Cisco certifications, and I'll get him hired quicker than one that's got a bachelor's degree in computer science. Sure. So the answer is, yeah, that, you know, we have lost track of what you are supposed to be achieving while coming out of school. And because of that, the economy has suffered. I know two years ago, I was looking at the numbers of industry-recognized credentials for high school students in Missouri, and the HVAC credential, nine students in the state. I feel like someone's dropping the ball. Now, I will say, there's a couple of good technical high schools in the St. Louis area, but you get the kids coming out of high school, right? So you're post-secondary, and do you feel like you're getting in students that have the skills even to attend Rankin? Well, you know, we go back to, you know, what does it, you know, first of all, understand that, that 80 to 90% of the future jobs in the 21st century are going to require some type of education, training, or something of that nature beyond high school. So mm-hmm. all of these kids have got to go on to something. Now, coming out, they have to have the fundamentals. And, uh, you know, nationwide, not just St. Louis, but, and not just Missouri, but nationwide, basically somewhere, and they, they can't even, you know, pin it down, but somewhere between 40 and 60% of the kids coming out of high school, don't read and write and do arithmetic at grade level. Mm-hmm. So are they prepared for that next set of rigors? No. The answer is absolutely not. And I talk about this a lot. In Missouri, we have 90% or so high school graduation rate. And even the Missouri 
Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, or DESE, they claim that the college and career readiness number is like 42%. So they admittedly are graduating only uh, giving everyone a high school diploma, but maybe only half of those are ready for either college or military or career. So that would keep me up at night if I were them, but I feel like they kind of pat themselves on the back, like 90% graduation rate, everyone's got a diploma. Well, again, you got to understand exactly what that diploma means and the value of that diploma. Again, if, if, if you're, you know, diplomas in graduation is a terrible metric for education mm-hmm. uh, because all you got to do is continue to lower the bar until everybody jumps over the bar and you can graduate them. So graduation is not necessarily a great performance metric. So just to have a diploma doesn't mean anything. But on the other side of the coin, 75% of the kids aren't going to go on to get a four-year degree, which is what the entire education system is aligned to. Mm-hmm. So if you take a look at the, the amount of, of, of resources and budgets that are put into that other 75%, it does not make any sense, especially in the CTE area. I mean, the number one impediment to economic growth is the inability to build a blue-collar technical workforce. You would think... Okay. That is, that is true, and 75% of your students are going into that. That would be where you would put your most money, get the best bang for your buck. We actually do it just the opposite. We put it all into college prep, knowing that only Absolutely. 25% of Missourians have a, have a four-year bachelor's degree. Uh, like, and that's pretty much nationwide, 25 30%. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, uh, we, we think of that as something bad. And honest and truly, if you look at organizational structures, and there's a, a, a number out there that goes 721, about 30% of your workforce should be four-year professional grade you know, education mm-hmm. type of thing, but 70% are not going to achieve that. That's not a bad thing. That's an organizational structural mandate, so to speak. But yet we have been trying to change that for decades in the United States by pumping trillions of dollars into it to get everybody to get a college degree. And the reality is that's not what makes the economy work. But meanwhile, you can't, employers can't find skilled employees to fill the jobs that need to be filled, right? With the skilled trades. Absolutely. I'll say it again. The number one impediment to economic growth, especially in St. Louis area and in the state of Missouri and even this nation is the inability to find a blue-collar technical workforce. And it's only going to get worse. If you look at the baby boomers leaving, we're 40-50% of the, of the knowledge base, mm-hmm. and we're trying to retire, and there ain't a whole lot back behind us. Sure. And that would be a scary thought if I was in industry. Well, that's why I wonder why sometimes it seems like St. Louis is always trying to attack high-tech companies and startups, and it's like, of our workforce doesn't have a college degree. Like we should be trying to attract companies where those people can work. Um, I heard a rumor once that Rankin has a lot of unused scholarship money. Is that true? Uh, You know, what I tell everybody when somebody asks me that is that, you know, uh, everybody can afford to go to school. Uh, You know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on, nobody has a full ride. We have various ways that students can augment their, their, college costs. For instance, most of our programs have an, a paid integrated work-based learning. And uh, my automotive program is actually one of the better models. I mean, if you take a look at it, I'm the Midwest trainer for Ford GM, Toyota, Honda, Chrysler, Audi, uh, Subaru, and Nissan. 
And most of my kids are what we call eight weeks in, eight weeks out. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's a fully apprentice program. It covers a 10 state area. And literally those students are in school for eight weeks and they're working eight weeks at a sponsoring wow. dealership. So over a period of two years, they've made 20 grand. So, you know, the bottom line is nobody can afford not to go to school. And so there's always a way to make that happen. I just was, you know, I guess thinking along the lines of students come out of high school and they don't even have the basics where they're prepared for your program. I mean, I know that that's something you're trying to change. Well, well, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, I'm I'm moving into the the K-12 system. Taking it upon yourself, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, if you, if you can't change the system, what you do is you give alternative pathways. And that's what we're trying to do with some of, some of our partnerships. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, they're not coming out. Uh, you know, if you take a look at our statistics, probably 45% of our kids need to take some type of remediation. Remediation is a wow. fancy name for learning how to, to uh, you know, basically uh, write and read and, <laughs> and do math at, at, at a high school level. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty much in par with the national average, but the key is this. And, you know, one of the things that we have found is that one of the things that you don't do is just put a, a young student into a remedial pathway. They, they, didn't, they didn't do well in it to start out with. So what makes you think they're going to do better the second or third time around? Mm-hmm. So what we try to do is get them into their, their field, career field of choice and get them working so that they can see where that math applies or see where the computer right. skills are absolutely necessary. Uh, you know, basically the application of those skills is what's going to get them to learn it, not just putting them back into a, a remedial math course. So you're moving into the K-12 space. Now I see that you're partnering with a, uh, at least one school district and you're going to essentially have a high school. Uh, just the opposite. Uh, you know, oh. <laughs> what we're trying to do is have an early college. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of difference. Yeah, we're uh, we're partnering up with the uh, uh, the Lincoln County uh, Troy School District, R three School District. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, we're building a new facility there. Uh, the new facility is referred to as Rankin West, and it is it is a a, a college uh, college. And okay. what will happen is that we're going to start sequencing. You know, in full cooperation with the school district, we're going to start sequencing the kids towards career pathways, you know, starting in the ninth grade. So ninth and 10th, part of the 11th, they'll still be doing, you know, their high school thing, getting their core fundamentals, that type of stuff. And they'll start transitioning to the college work and basically the 11th grade. By the 12th grade, they'll be ours. Uh, then what we're going to do is, uh, you know, keep them for the 13th year. They'll get their associate's degree. And if they want to in their 14th year, they, and they can get a bachelor's degree. So it's wow. a K-14 really college model is, is the intent. You think that that could go statewide or like could it or nationally? You think that could be replicated? Uh, we're actually in deep uh, talks with two or three other two or three other school districts. That's and awesome. the answer is, yeah, we, we, we think we think it's the future. You know, it, it's kind of changing both the scope and the 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 integration and the complexity of you know what you're getting coming out of high school. I mean. Uh, e- even within this early college model, fully apprenticed and certif- certifications are all embedded. And that's one of the things I, I would like to mention. You know, I-, I keep saying, you know, the idea of, you know, getting a- an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree within every one of our curriculums, the pertinent uh, career certification or professional certification is embedded in it. We use 
the diplomas as a vehicle more than for any other reason because the federal financial aid requires it. So, you know, if you come out with oh, your associate's degree, you're going to have 10, AC, 10 ASE certifications or you're going to have five Cisco certifications. So, you know, we basically have that degree structure, but it's more mandated because of you know, the government more than anything else. Right. So that's not the signal that you have what you what it takes. The signal is having the certifications. Right. Absolutely. They, um, uh, those some, are all embedded in it. Yeah. How so many jobs feel like it seems like you have to have a college degree. My husband's in sales. You have to have a college degree. His is in um, radio and television, I think. I mean, like it doesn't really matter, but like you have to have a college degree. And I think we need to get rid of that mindset because, um, you know, th- it's very expensive. It, you put off working, you end up with a lot of debt and, you know, pushing everyone in that direction, I don't think is, like you've said, helpful for what the job market is. Um, how do you feel like is the, how has Desi been supportive of you? Uh, you know, <laughs> We're, we're, we're at a mutual standoff. They don't, they don't necessarily support what we do. Uh, Why not? I, I'm okay. Uh, I, you'd have to ask Desi. You're, you, you got the wrong person on the, on so the interview obvious. for that one. Okay. Uh, I, I have no idea. You know, uh, you know one of the things that, uh, it, that keeps coming up, and, and you know, this is just a, a personal observation, we are a private, not-for-profit, fully accredited school, but that private thing turns off anything to do with the state helping us. So, you know, they, they kind of view us as an outsider. They kind of view us as a, a competitor right. and yep. we're not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but that's the way they view us. And, you know, we, we have survived for 113 years that way. And uh, we're going to continue to uh, survive and thrive. Uh, you know, and do the students care what the governance structure is public private, right? Like they just want a good school. And I think that well, dichotomy is not helpful. Well, it, it, it's a terrible thought process, and believe me, the industries and business don't care. All they sure. want is a qualified worker. The only person that cares about whether it's state or private is the state, That's which right. doesn't make any sense. I guess money, and money means power, but I haven't been able to figure it out. I've, I've always been a supporter of school choice, and where parents choose, or send to, choose to send their kid to school is really up to them, but people get really stuck on this public private thing, even when they have a fantastic example of a private operation like Rankin. Uh, Absolutely. Believe me, they, uh, it becomes a political football, which Mm. precludes progress. Yeah. Which only harms the people who are trying to get, get an education. Right. Um, So what do you think, like, what are the most in demand fields right now that we're not producing graduates for? Well, I mean, obviously, healthcare is is booming and is only get going to get bigger, especially with the baby boomers getting older, the, the mm-hmm. entire population getting older. So, healthcare is going to always be thriving. IT, there is absolutely nothing out there, no other career field out there that isn't somehow touched by IT. So, IT is is hot and is only going to get hotter. I mean, technology is basically doubling every two to three years you can't keep up with it so Mm -hmm. if you can't keep up with it you can't keep training people so it is there uh you know believe it or not uh you know what's going to happen you're going to see kind of a a reversal of field as far as uh advanced manufacturing and that type of stuff uh you know in the 80s 90s and early 2000s offshoring was the big thing i got to tell you the coronavirus 
thing has made everybody right. rethink off board. So what you're going to see is a lot of the companies would like to bring back stuff, but their problem is just what it is right now, which is workforce. they can't find a true workforce. You know, yeah. I deal with industry on a daily basis. And before the craziness hit, you know, the biggest concern all of them had is, you know, they would love to bring in more work. It's not the idea that there's not work there. They cannot guarantee a skilled, trained workforce. Yeah. I mean, so, that's again, that, that's the impediment. It's not the work. It's being able to find somebody that will do the work. And it's funny. I also think that the concept of IT being a, a CTE pathway isn't well known. I don't think people realize that CTE programs are also Adobe certification and Cisco certification and HTML and like whatever, like those are all also CTE fields. And, um, oh, and I don't think people think about that. And also like all the health sciences, culinary vet. I mean, I've seen some really cool ones. And if I were in high school, I think I would be very tempted to, you know, there's so many great programs. It's not just shop anymore. It's like, there's all kinds of things you'd be doing. Yeah, but that's kind of the problem. You know, we, and again, I'm a boomer. And, you know, what we did was, you know, back when I was in high school, you know, only the, only the people that weren't going to make it in the world, were going to go to the shop. Right. You know, and we gave, we gave it a bad name and we've kept yeah. giving it a bad name. And what I would do is I would challenge any of your listeners to come to my campus and see <laughs> a state of the art shop. And believe me, it ain't what it's, in, you know, what they thought it was 50 right. years ago. And oh, oh by the way, it continues to evolve almost daily. So, you know, the whole idea of, you know, only the people that are not going to make it in the world and you know, the, the outcast and, you know, uh, yeah, I, and I hear it all the time, and I love it. I hear people all the time, you know, when, when I tell them who I am and what my, you know, my school, they go, oh, yeah, I'm sure there's a few kids out there that need your kind of education and, and, and help. Oh, yeah. Uh, the bottom line is 75%, yeah, oh, and 75% of the kids aren't going to go get a degree. They oh, yeah. all need our help. That's, so, you know, that's the future of the economy. If you had a magic wand, what would you do with um, high school education in this state? What I would tell them all to do is to re-examine, you know, the, the pathways. In other words, give CTE at least as much emphasis and as much promotion and as much resources mm-hmm. as you do the, the traditional academics, you know, college prep stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's funny, especially, you know, in the St. Louis areas, every time you see a charter school open up, it's got college prep out in front of its name. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, you know, all I all I would say is give CPE, give, you know, technical education at least equal billing. And what you would see is you would see a change in the economy. I guarantee it. Probably yeah, one of the biggest one of the one biggest school district like requires students to visit a technical high school. Or there's things that they could do to, and, you know, we all need to work together to remove the stigma because that's just dumb to have a stigma on, oh, on all of those trades. Um, yeah. So I think what, another thing I would do if I had a magic wand is I would stop measuring the success of our high schools on um, graduation rates. That for sure, I think, is really working against us. And right now, of course, in the COVID thing, all the school districts are grappling like with how you count attendance and what to do with kids and how to find them and educate them. And um, it clearly exposed a lot of shortcomings in our system and we're measuring the wrong things and we're funding the wrong things. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I come from the military, and in the military, we had a saying: you get what you measure. If you're yeah. if you're measuring butts in the seat attendance, guess what you're going to get? Butts in That's the right. seat attendance. It doesn't mean that you're going to learn anything. It doesn't mean you're going to be prepared for the world. What you're going to get is attendance. That's Graduation right. is is such a joke in the bigger realm of things. And one of the you know one of the things I I love is seeing the signs on the on the billboards. You know. 100% of our kids, you know, accepted to college. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. 1.4 million kids are going to start college in August. Half of them fell out the first year. How is that a success? That's you right. know, that, that, we, we, we have a terrible performance metric and, and funding formula across the board. I, I do want to throw in one other thing. You asked what I do with my magic wand. Let me tell you one of the best things that could happen. If you take a look at Federal financial aid, Pell Grants in particular, mm-hmm. they are exclusively for degree programs. You want to change the nature of workforce development, make students Pell eligible for certifications. You they can't use see, Pells at Rankin? Again, remember what we do. We stack right. certifications within degree programs. Oh, right. So, so they get Pell. But it ain't because of the certifications. They get Pell because of the of the degree program. Gotcha. So if you if you were to open up Pell grants for professional certifications, and again, certifications are usually competency based. They're not two year programs. You would see a tremendous increase in the economic viability of the workforce. So, I, and yeah. it wouldn't. It it's not rocket science. It's something that is so simple, but guess who probably wouldn't let that happen? Politicians. <laughs> Education uh, wouldn't let that yeah, happen. That's because right. Because all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you've cut off their magic funding. Yeah. You know the that's the, right. you know, the government is, is yeah. So, well, no, the Pell and social oh, yeah, funding. Right, right. So no, you know, education's not going to let that happen, even though it would be a dramatic change for workforce development. One idea that we've talked about, because we've seen this in other states that wanted to increase the number of their students who are getting these industry recognized credentials, is they, in Florida in particular, did this. They started giving the teachers of those courses a bump for every student who uh, not only finished the course, but took the IRC and passed it. So maybe the teacher would get $50 for every IRC, but maybe the district would get a few hundred to put into the CTE program. So at the end of the year, you report on how many students passed IRCs and that gets baked into some of your funding for the next year and some of it directly to the teacher. And I know in Florida, I believe now that I'm decided to talk about this, I'm not hundred percent sure of the numbers. I think they went from about eight, 8,000 IRCs a year to maybe 85,000 IRCs. Dramatic increase. North Carolina has done this. Kansas has done this, and and I think it's partly because you're not talking about a typical high school teacher. You're talking about someone from the trade, right? So you have a nurse teaching CNA, and it's a little bit different. And um, I think changing some of the rules around CTE would also be helpful. Things like incentive programs or public-private partnerships or, you know, I think they've relaxed a little bit on the certified teachers being a certified teacher in order to teach a trade. But I think that we need bigger thinking, bigger thinking than what Desi has done, if I understand it correctly, is redone their whole CTE track. It's very complex. 
and a lot of hoops to jump through and you may finish it. You might jump through all the hoops and finish it and get a high school diploma and not have any credential. Uh, there's so many things wrong with all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, it, it, uh, first of all, uh, it, it's a shame that you have to bribe somebody to do the right thing. Uh, I mean, that, you know, that's just on the, the, the outside of it. But right. uh, w one of the things that does need to be rethought, and it's a definite impediment, uh, and I know people that are listening probably don't believe this, it's harder for me to hire a master welder than it is an English teacher. And the reason being is because of the discrepancies in the pay. Sure. Uh, I, you know, I, I've got machinists working for me, teaching machining, making $100,000 a year. Do you really think one of my machinists is going to go to a high school program and make forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000? You know, there, there, is, there is a tremendous pay discrepancy in high-skilled technical people. IT is a great example. You know, most IT people, you know, can easily knock down six figures. Yeah. Why would they go? Why would they go to a high school CTE program and make fifty grand? Right. Unless, of course, you know, I, I understand you know the the whole philanthropic. I'm going to you know change the world type of thing. But from a monetary standpoint, we've got to rethink that. And I got to tell you, we've got to quit doing the same thing <laughs> and putting more money into it, thinking that it's going to change the outcome. We are middle of the road in Missouri, uh, and, and we celebrate that, which yeah. is just ludicrous. You know, we, we get excited because we're the middle of the pack. Yeah. We've got to do something different if we're, if we're going to change. And if we don't change, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, mm -hmm. South Carolina, these states are going to eat our lunch. And they already are when it comes to attracting new business and industry. Well, yeah, you're not going to put, put, put your business here if there's no, no one to work at it, <laughs> right? And there's been multiple surveys of, of employers who have said that, they can't get the workforce they need here. And we also do believe bachelor's degrees. So I, yeah, uh, well, I mean, I guess another solution is more programs like, I mean, a great solution is more programs like, like yours. I've thought about in outstate Missouri, like regional um, high quality technical schools that are autonomous from the school district, that kids from multiple school districts could attend, that have these rules relaxed about around what you can pay. Uh, the the staff that you need to have. Um, we have regional schools, but they aren't getting the job done. So something about that needs to change. But um, well, so you know, like we started, it's something everyone like. So many people talk about workforce development, but I don't see yet people other than like you actually attacking it and going after it. It's just people talk about it all the time, and that's maddening to me. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Mm -hmm. But one of one of the things one of the things I'll point out to you too. You know, and again, this is this educational geographic boundary, my territory thought yeah. process. Uh, and, and it's terrible because I will tell you this, everybody wants the training in their backyard on their block. Mm -hmm. You know, and the bottom line is you can't do technical education the same way you can do academic education. Academics, all they do is build a classroom, probably eighty thousand dollars, you know, based upon the square footage. Put some, you know, chairs and desks in there, have a podium, and put a teacher up in front of it. When you're building a high-tech laboratory, you're putting millions of dollars into a laboratory that only, you know, usually, you know, you can train ten to fifteen safely. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the the return on the investment is terrible. So therefore, you're not going to have 
a rank and technical college on every block or in every county. It is financially impossible to do that. So you are going to have to attack it regionally. Uh, I mean, if you take a look at, you know, where we're expanding to, it, they are geographically placed to serve regions, not to serve counties or a city. Mm -hmm. uh, that's an impossibility across the board. Yeah, and we have 520 school districts in this state, so we're not going to have 520 yeah. good CTE programs. It's just a, it's just a fact. Um, yeah, but, but, we, but what you were also going to find is that nobody wants to share. Nobody wants to yeah. send Johnny or Mary across the border, wherever that border is. And it's an imaginary border that we've kind of made up. That's right. But the bottom line is they don't want to send them over there because, you know, that they, they belong to us and we're going to train them. And, it, you know, they're going to get our education. And again, it makes no sense for the benefit of the student and for the economy. But probably still comes down to funding, right? Oh, absolutely. You need the body again, to get the funds, right? So absolutely. they don't want to give it up. Yeah, it, the, the whole funding formula thing again, believe me. Oh, yeah, I think it should be student student funded for sure. Or, you know, there's a number of ways that we could fix our funding formula. But for another day, um, well, it's so good to talk to you, Stan. I really appreciate it. I CTE is something that I have to admit, like in the last few years, I've learned a lot more than I knew before. And I probably was one of those people who talked about workforce development without knowing what it is. But now I feel like I have a better understanding and finding out about programs like yours is really exciting. And I just wish you the best. I hope that we can get more of them. The state needs it. Oh, I, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, closing out, I'll tell you this. If you think about all the things that seem to ail us in society right now, you know, we talk about income uh, inequities. We talk about health care. We talk about, uh, you know, the prison population. The common thread to all of those problems is a better education. Mm -hmm. And until we do that, all of these other things are still going to persist. So we have got to change. And I got to tell you, industry has got to help lead that change. Mm -hmm. If you're dependent on education to fix itself, it, there, we're, we're not going to do it. Uh, you know, we, I have a famous saying that, you know, uh, education loves to talk about continuous improvement until you ask them to change. And then we <laughs> rethink it. So, you know, the bottom line is we've got to do better and we got to do better not only for the city or the state, but we got to do better for the next generation of kids mm -hmm. because they have a lot of bills to pay. That's right. Well, that's a great way to end it. That's a great message. Well, thanks so much, Stan. And uh, I'll be following your progress out there in Lincoln County. Lo love, love to have you come visit and see. It's a, it's a, okay. it's a different world where we're at. I'd love to. Okay, awesome. All right, well, you have a great day and thanks again for joining us. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Find more at showmeinstitute.org.